welcome to Upworth United Methodist Church. I'm Pastor Debbie, and this Sunday we celebrated coming home, come to the table of grace. Grace. Grace doesn't keep track of how many times we've messed up, and it doesn't hinge on the condition that next time we'll do better. Grace exists outside of time and says, we are enough right now and always, no matter what. Our scripture lessons came from Paul's letter to the Philippians, chapter 1, verses 21 through 30, and the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 20, verses 1 through 16. May you receive this blessing of grace upon grace as you go through your week. faithful prayers and the generous response of the Spirit of Jesus Christ. Everything he wants to do in and through me will be done. I can hardly wait to continue on my course. I don't expect to be embarrassed in the least. On the contrary, everything happening to me in this jail only serves to make Christ more accurately known, regardless of whether I live or die. They didn't shut me up, they gave me a platform. Alive, I'm Christ's messenger. Dead, I'm his prize. Life versus even more life. I can't lose. As long as I'm alive in this body, there is good work for me to do. If I had to choose right now, I hardly know which I'd choose. Hard choice. The desire to break camp here and be with Christ is powerful. Some days I can think of nothing better. But most days, because of what you're going through, I am sure that it's better for me to stick it out here. So I plan to be around a while, companion to you as your growth and joy in this life of trusting God continues. You can start looking forward to a great reunion when I come visit you again. We'll be praising Christ, enjoying each other. Meanwhile, live in such a way that you are a credit to the message of Christ. Let nothing in your conduct hang on whether I come or not. Your conduct must be, in the same, must be the same, whether I show up to see things for myself or hear it from a distance. Stand united, singular in vision, contending for people's trust in the message, the good news, not flinching or dodging in the slightest before the opposition. Your courage and unity will show them what they're up against. Defeat for them, victory for you. And both because of God. There's far more to this life than trusting in Christ. There's also suffering for him. And the suffering is as much a gift as the trusting. 
You're involved in the same kind of struggle you saw me go through, on which you are now getting an updated report in this letter. Do you remember the story that Jesus told his disciples about the vineyard workers? God's kingdom is like an estate manager who went out early in the morning to hire workers for his vineyard. They agreed on a wage of a dollar a day and went to work. Oh yeah. About nine o'clock later, the manager saw some other men hanging around the town square unemployed. He told them to go to work in his vineyard and he would pay them a fair wage. They went. He did the same thing at noon and again at three o'clock and again at five o'clock. When the day's work was over, the owner of the vineyard instructed his foreman, call the workers in and pay them their wages. Start with the last hired and go on to the first. Those hired at five o'clock came up and were each given a dollar. When those who were hired first saw that, they assumed they would get far more, but they got the same, each of them one dollar. Taking the dollar, they groused angrily to the manager. Those last workers put in only one easy hour, and you just made them equal to us, who worked all day under a scorching sun. He replied to the one speaking for the rest, Friend, I haven't been unfair. We agreed on the wage of a dollar, didn't we? So take it and go. I decided to give to the one who came last, the same as you. Can't I do what I want with my own money? Are you going to get stingy because I am generous? Here it is again, the great reversal. Many of the first ending up last, and the last first. Here, here, here. here.
May the words of my mouth be acceptable in your sight, O God, our strength and our redeemer. Our worship series, Coming Home, Come to the, the Table of Grace, the we have some resources for this um, sermon series, and there's a chat group for um, clergy and others who are preparing messages around this theme, and there were some great stories this week that were shared, and I just have to share them with you. Um, I changed the names, but, you know, just in case you wander into a clergy thread, I, I don't know. Anyway, Joe, Joe writes... I had an experience of generosity when I was in my early 20s. I was attending a church in the South as a Southern transplant. The church had a weekly potluck. They called it covered dish dinner. I wanted to contribute, and so on my way at the 11th hour, I pulled into the local grocery store and picked up a bag of chips. When I arrived, chips in hand, they paraded those chips into the church kitchen, pulled out the fanciest bowl, and put my chips in the bowl, and then placed that bowl of chips in a prominent place on the table. Those meals were the best I ate all week. Southern baked chicken, mm, salads with fruits and nuts and seeds in them, green bean casserole, etc. Plus, a warm pie that Miss Betty had pulled from the oven just an hour earlier. They spent all day on those dishes. And when I sat down with an overflowing plate and looked at my share of food, I knew it wasn't fair. The kingdom of heaven is like the potluck meal where you show up with your bag of chips and you sit down for a feast that you know you don't deserve. Is life fair? In God's kingdom, generosity is too rare. Those folks never considered, is so rare, sorry, is so rare. Those folks never considered the unfairness of it. To them, it wasn't just the right thing to do. It was their joy to see a young bachelor in his 20s eat like a king. Kamala responds, I think it's true that sometimes we can judge our own gifts too harshly. Maybe someone who brought a dish to that potluck felt a bit insecure that day. This is just my green bean casserole that I make every single year. It's nothing special, especially compared to Miss Betty's fresh apple pie. Or maybe someone even thought, that's my favorite kind of potato chip. I'm so glad someone remembered to bring them. Sometimes what we consider ordinary and nothing special can be a tremendous treat to someone else. Imagine that feeling you get when you have a fork full of casserole that fills you with wonderful warm memories because it tastes just like grandma used to make. No matter what, we are encouraged to show up to the potluck and to bring our gifts in good faith, letting God do the rest. And then there was a thread related to the parable that we heard read. Here, Jill writes, <clears throat> We could never seem to make it to church on time when we were raising our children. If we weren't late, then we were just on the edge of on time. 
This one time, our late habit made it perfect for our son's Sunday school teacher to give a real-life example of this parable. Barack, his teacher, was planning on us being late. <laughs> he handed each student a dishcloth and a spray bottle as they came in and told them, help me wash these tables and then you can have a donut. They all got to it and were just sitting down to eat their donuts when our son, Tim, walked in the door. Barack called out to Tim, hey Tim, glad you're here, have a donut. The whole class went nuts. <laughs> Tim's best friend, Lorraine, being the loudest. You said we had to all work before we could have a donut. Tim didn't do any work. Barack shrugged his shoulders and said, I decided to give him a donut anyway. That's not fair, Lorraine yelled. He didn't do anything to earn that donut. Barack grinned. They're my donuts. Can I give them to whomever I please? See, grace is free, and that's what makes it hard to comprehend. And I think why John Wesley's entire theology is based upon it. All of life is full of grace, provenient, justifying, sanctifying, past, present, future. When the Apostle Paul is saying in Philippians, I think, is that whether I live or die, it's all grace. And that's the end of that thread. I want to share with you that one of our usual online worshipers and virtual coffee hour attendees is actually present in the sanctuary today. Kate Snipes, could you wave your, wave your hand? Everyone say hi, Kate. <laughs> My husband Dale and I met Kate in Athens, Greece. We were there with other students, alumni, and their family that they brought with them for a Wesley Theological Seminary course on the Apostle Paul's journey. On May 18, 2022, we were in Thessaloniki in the morning. And my husband posted this, Wednesday, May 18th, late morning and afternoon. What a spiritual and spirit-filled day. After a three-hour bus ride, we arrived in Philippi. But they actually say Philippi. So maybe I should say it how the Greek people say it. Philippi where Paul met and converted Lydia, a woman from Thyatira, who sold purple garments. Lydia was the first Christian to be baptized on European soil. We saw the theater, the gymnasium, a fourth or fifth century basilica, which had to be rebuilt because of an earthquake, and the prison. Paul and Silas were held awaiting trial. These are still my husband's words. As part of our biblical reflection, I had the honor of reading Paul's prayer for the Philippians, Philippians chapter 1, verses 3 through 11, while standing at the prison site. My, how small the jail. No bathroom, food not brought to you by your jailer, but by the people in the community. And to think how many times Paul had been imprisoned for the gospel. I really wish I could share these photos with you. Well, now these are my words. <laughs> Paul writes one of his most joyous letters while imprisoned for his faith. He believes that these may be his last words. And he is fully aware of the grace he has been offered. Because before Paul was Paul, he was Saul, a persecutor of Christians. 
One writer puts it, we have to admit that only a gratuitous, abundant, copious amount of grace will do to meet us where we need it in order to restore our relationship with God and one another. To that I say, oh Lord and howdy. <laughs> a copious amount of grace. Next week, we'll celebrate World Communion Sunday together, not only with another congregation, but with a Catholic preacher. And we'll have a potluck. <laughs> At the table of grace, we receive the sacrament of Holy Communion. And you know, I say those words, pour out your Holy Spirit on us gathered here and on these gifts of bread and wine. We can understand that, and I quote, transformation happens at the table, a transformation of the simple elements into something miraculously and uniquely the presence of Jesus, or completely the body and blood of Christ, depending on how Catholic you are. It's not just on the elements, it's on us. Pour out your Holy Spirit on us gathered here. Grace upon grace poured out on us as a means by which we are continually transformed. Are you open to receive that grace? Well, of course you are. You've been going to church every Sunday since you were born. Or of course you are. You just walked in the door. And no matter what that clock says, you are right on time. Of course you are. You're desperate for it. You're ready to put your face up as if a grace storm is coming down and you're ready to let it soak in. I stand here, arms wide open. Will you? Are you ready to receive that grace? Try that, if you feel comfortable. Putting your face up, maybe opening your arms wide, maybe standing up if that feels right to you. Just receive this grace upon grace upon grace, pouring down. Receive it. No matter what, you are worthy. Receive this day the fullness of God's grace and know it to be true. Know you are loved, body, mind, and soul. Please, I invite you to stand as you are able in the seventh inning stretch. <laughs> Receive God's grace upon you. Wiggle it out, shake it out, feel it all in your body. And just say, I am loved.
cold wind against my shoulder woke me up in the middle of the night. An autumn leaf was scraping against my window like it was trying hard to get inside. Then a ghost that I hadn't met before, he kept me up till dawn. Everything I thought was right was suddenly all wrong. He said, your score is looking pretty bad. And he asked me what it was that I had to show. I went running down a list of things. Some were true and some of them I lied. I felt I had to justify each breath that I'd been breathing in this life And I realized I was playing into someone else's rules Trying to keep my score up in a game I did not choose And I looked that ghost straight in the eye I said you better not be coming back by again It's true that I don't work near as hard as you tell me that I'm supposed to. I don't run as fast as I could. But I live just the way I want to. And that's the way I should. October's leaves were dancing round like angels dressed in robes of red and gold. But November's come and gone now, they're lying in the gutter out along the road. They're gonna make their way out to the ditch or someday to the sea. They'll get to where they're going without the help of you or me. And if each life is just a grain of sand, I'm telling you, man, this grain of sand is mine. And it's true that I don't work near as hard as you tell me that I'm supposed to. I don't run as fast as I could. But I live just the way I want to And that's the way I should And it's true that I don't work near as hard As you tell me that I'm supposed to I don't run as fast as I could But I live just the way I want to And that's the way I should Yes, I live just the way I want to, and that's the way I should.